Hello and welcome back to another edition of A Trip Down Vicarage Road, the Watford podcast which aims to speak to former players, coaches and managers about their time with the Hornets. I'm your host Bradley Hayden, a freelance sports journalist, but most importantly, a massive Watford fan for over the last 10 years. Thanks to all those who tuned into my latest podcast with Gavin Mann. If you haven't already listened to it, please do tune in and give it a listen. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes and Acast and you'll be able to find out about Gavin's new role as an agent, uh, winning the playoffs of Watford, life under AD Boothroyd, the story behind his Watford departure and much more in that previous edition of the podcast. This week though, I'm back with a new episode uh, and this week I'm joined by a left back who came through Watford's academy and made over 250 appearances for Watford in seven years with the first team. Yes, this week I'm joined by Paul Robinson, who was most recently inducted into Watford's Hall of Fame. Um, in this week's podcast, I'll speak to Paul about being coached by Nigel Gibbs's dad at a young age, uh, life under Graham Taylor, of course, winning back-to-back promotions with the club and scoring against Luton, among others. Uh, but some of you may or may not know that Paul has recently started his coaching career. He's in charge of Burn. Birmingham's under-18s, um, and to kick things off, I asked Paul how he's found that transition from playing to coaching. Yeah, I found the transition quite an easy one, to be fair. Um, I sort of did it towards the end of my career where I was dipping in and out of sessions and, and working with the 23s while I was still playing, so I was starting, I was getting used to the sort of transitional side then, which was great, um, and then now obviously I'm full-time into the coaching, so yeah, I love it. You know, I mean, it's yes, it's different from playing football, but... Um, in the sense of I'm still on the grass and I'm still coaching and I'm still teaching football. So for me, for me, my role's never really changed. So it's been it's been it's been a good transition at the moment. And and how's it going with uh, Birmingham's under 18s? Obviously, a new role for you as we mentioned there after uh, working with the under 23s last season. Yeah, we've had an up and down start to the season, but that's expected. Uh, we're a new group of kids who, who have just signed scholarships. So we've got a lot of under 16s in the, well, a lot of 16 year olds that are in their first year of their, um, of their two year scholarship. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them, but, um, it's, but it's a great, it's a great learning curve and, and a lot of time to develop it into making them good players. So we've got two years to work with them, which would be, which would be good. And we, and we'll see how far we can take them and see what footballers we can make out of them. And obviously you were, you were back at Watford the other week, if I remember rightly. And, uh, back at the back at Watford's training ground I think for that game so that must have been a bit of a surreal experience going back there yeah it was I've not been back since I obviously left and um, and to see all the changes and to see the way that the club's developing is fantastic they've got some uh, they've got some incredible facilities there now so uh, so yeah fingers crossed that that carries on and, and the development I'd like to see a little bit more of the, the youth coming through mm. which um, we haven't seen much of in recent years so with the facilities that they've got there now, you'd hope that there'd be a lot more coming through the system. Before we go on to look at your time at Watford, I presume obviously first team management is something that you'd you'd like to get involved in in the long run as well. Yeah, eventually, I'd love to. I'd love to go into like working with the first team. Um, that's my goal. My goal is to be a manager one day, um, and that could be anywhere. I'm not fussed as long as I get the chance and I get the the, the chance to prove myself as a manager. It's it's uh, it's it's a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication, and I did it. Grow, I did it growing up as a football player, and I'll certainly do exactly the same. Trying to be a top manager one day, and uh, I'm sure a lot of a lot of those 
that, that will come true eventually. As, uh, I'm sure a lot of Watford fans will be rooting for you in that sense. But I've got you on to speak about your time at Watford. Obviously, you started your career with the club and and came through the academy. And obviously, Watford's played a big part in, in your life. So how do you reflect on your time with Watford? I have loads of time to reflect at Watford. I mean, it was um, is where I grew up. It's I come through the youth team system under Graham Taylor, Kenny Jacket. They they uh, they were a big believer in me and my development, and um, I, I had a fantastic time there. I loved every minute of it as a kid growing up. And um, like you say, to get the opportunity to play with the first team was um, was another dream come true. So yeah, I have great memories of um, of my hometown club. And for you, you must have a great sense of pride being that not only that Watford fans hold you so dearly, but the fact that they, they regard you in, as one of the best left-backs ever to come through the club. And they still cherish cherish the fact that all that you achieved and the fact that you came through the club and achieved so much of them. And the fact they hold you in such high regard as one of the best left-backs that's ever played for the club must be something that you, you really are proud of. Oh yeah, of course. I, I mean, I, I would, I would never look at it that way. I mean, when I played for the club, I played, I played with my heart, and I played with, um, I played with everything that I give every time I wore the shirt. So, the fans appreciated that. I think they appreciated that it was great to see one of their own come through the system and play for the first team, and and I just give my all. But yeah, I mean, it's it's great to go back and and see the fans give you a great reception sometimes when you're on the picture. It's always nice because it's great memories and memories that will always stay with me. You came through the ranks with Watford in the, in the academy, but, but at what age did you sign for Watford and how did the move initially come about? Uh, the move had come about really when um, Dennis Gibbs, so Nigel Gibbs' dad was my was my first coach when I was under nines and I didn't sign until, uh, well back then in the day, you, you didn't sign when you were young, you just come in twice a week and train with the club. And then you played a game every now and then, but you always you always played with your grassroots team. So I think I signed contract when I was about 13, 14 with Watford. Um, and then obviously I, I then went full time with my scholarship when I was between 16 and 18. Um, so, yeah, I mean, great memories of Dennis Gibbs um, every Friday night at the YMCA. It was then in the Watford Town Centre where we used to go and train on a Friday night and just kick the ball around for two hours. It was it was a great upbringing. I loved every minute of it. So, so yeah, it just developed from there, really. And would you have been aware of, of Nigel Gibbs at that time as well, being coached by his dad as well? Oh, yeah, of course. And Nigel was a club legend and, and, he, and he means so much to the club. And I, I still speak to Gibbo every now and then and, and keep in touch to see how he's doing. Um, and it's fantastic that you, you have people like that that not only did you watch growing up playing, but also to play alongside them. And, it's, and you still talk to them and still um, get learning tips off them of how to coach properly and, and, and just bits and bobs of day-in-day life and family time. So, so yeah, it's, I mean, when you, when you can speak to someone like Nigel, it's, it's, it's fantastic. As a young player coming into the team as well, it must have been a great learning experience for you, the fact that you're learning from the likes of Nigel Gibbs, you know, Rob Page, Steve Palmer, experienced pros who have been there and, and done it. They made me the type of person that I was when you when you've got people, players like that around you and always willing to help but always willing to give you the hard the hard times as well because you needed that growing up you needed to you needed to be put back in place to not get above yourself and then players definitely did that and when you've got a manager like Graham Taylor and, and Kenny Jacket who I worked with thoroughly through my through my um, academy it's when you've got people like that working around you it makes you it makes it so much easier for you. Mm. And Kenny rewarded you with your your first your, your first team debut against Luton Town as well, and that, that that wasn't a bad game to make your debut in against uh, one of Watford well, Watford's local rivals. 
that's it. It's always uh, one of those where you're either up for it or you're not. So, uh, so yeah, after two minutes, I mean, Dom Ludden got injured with his hamstring and Kenny turned around to me and he went, you're, getting, you're going on, Robbo, so you better go and warm up. And I just thought, oh my God, literally two minutes into the game. And uh, and it was, it was a baptism of fire, but I loved every minute of it. And it's like you say, it's when you, when you get thrown into the deep end, sometimes they're the best times because you don't get time to get nervous. You're just ready to get into the game and ready to just play your part. And uh, you, you have good memories of playing against Luton as well, because you, you happened to score against them one year as well. Do you remember much about that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that was, yeah it was a great little finish, that one. Make it 1-1 one, one again as well, wasn't it? I, I had a tendency to draw as well every time I played against Luton, which weren't good. Um, I think the only times we beat him was at Kenilworth Road where Peter Kennedy got his hat-trick, and I was sitting on the bench getting punched loads of times by Luton fans. And um, but... Yeah, great memories. I mean, fantastic to score against your local rivals, and obviously it was at, it was at Vicarage Road as well, so it was even more special. And you mentioned Kenny there; he was your your first team manager, he was the person who gave gave you your debut. What was he like, and did you realise well, at a young age that he'd go on and have a great career in the game? You know, having a very successful career in management, the likes of Wolves and Millwall and Portsmouth currently as well. Yeah, I mean, you could always see it with Kenny. He was such a he was such a um, a great coach, a great man. Um, and you you could tell you could tell he he wanted to be a manager one day and he's like I mean his record speaks for itself the amount of promotions he's had with the likes of Wolves with um, with uh, Swansea he's done a fantastic job everywhere he's been so so yeah I mean what what a man to to learn under and and the player he was as well he was a, he was a proper football player as well so it was great to learn different type uh, styles of of play off him and like playing left back as well it was easy for me to sort of work work around him because he knew the position well. And we mentioned sort of Nigel Gibbs and Rob Page and Steve Palmer, they're experienced defenders. But as a left back yourself, how how much confidence does someone like Alec Chamberlain in goal behind you have uh, bring you as well as as a young player? Yeah, uh, massive, especially for a back four when you've got when you've got a, a goalkeeper as commanded as Alec, you knew you knew your roles, you knew you knew that you could, you would keep a lot of clean sheets. It was, I mean, he he was such a good goalkeeper, but not just like from keeping balls out the net he's just his communication skills were, were brilliant as well especially for us back four after that season with Kenny um Graham Taylor came back second spell in charge of that club and we all know what what Graham went on to achieve in the next few years and, and during this first spell Watford obviously gone down as Watford's greatest ever manager and I think a lot of Watford fans are thankful for the fact that the, the current regime gave Graham gave Graham the honour of renaming the Rouse stand after him and, and renamed it while he was still alive so he he could see it there, but but yeah. for you as someone who came through the ranks, as someone who who played under Graham at such a such a young age, how, how much of an impact did he have on your career? Oh, he was he was my biggest mentor. Graham was, I mean, what a legend! He's a legend beyond a legend. Um, everything that he did, he, the way that he conducted himself, the way that he spoke to the young boys, and the way that he wanted us to play and, and coach us was it was just a, a, a fantastic upbringing and. I loved every minute of it. I was, I was more, I was more sad when I was told that I had to leave. And obviously, Graham wasn't there at the time. But I know that he was still in the background of, of keeping an eye out for the club, like he always did. Um, and I think even he, he was, he was a little bit shocked with the way that I left in the end. But that's football sometimes. But like you say, uh, I'll always have great memories of of what it was like in that era with Graham and and be, being surrounded by great people. And you, you'll never lose that. 
would you say is the greatest that, that you played under in your career? And are there any particular memories or moments during your time with Graham that, that stand out for you? Oh, yeah, there's loads of times. Uh, especially the one where he slapped me around the face was even better. Um, <laughs> But that, that was Graham, and, and Graham was the coach. He wanted to. He wanted the. He just wanted the team to do so well, and he had us well drilled, well structured, and it was it was just unbelievable. I mean, it, yeah, he's the best manager I've worked under, without a shadow of a doubt, just because of his his whole round knowledge of the game and how he wanted the team to play. Your first game under him, which I think was about October 1997, you, you scored your first ever goal for the club against Fulham at home. That must have been a a great experience and a great memory for you as well. Always, when when you're scoring, when you're scoring goals and and you and you're you're getting three points for the team, it's that's what it means. It means that the team's doing well and we're all moving in the right direction. Um, but it's uh, but he was brilliant. He was literally he was so so good. I could talk about him all day, every day. He, he, just the way he was and the way he come across. And that that season when Graham first came back, that would that would be the start of two consecutive promotions for Watford. And during that first season, we went from uh, what, what's now League One up to the Championship. You made twenty five appearances for the club. And but but when did you first realise that promotion was a realistic opportunity for the club that season? You could see towards the end of the season we were starting to we, we were starting to grind out results, even though teams were not expecting us to. We we just had a great team spirit, and we we were getting ourselves over the line just because of our determination and our spirit. So you knew you had we had an inkling of like lads, this is on. We we got a great chance of getting promoted here, and then it just all of a sudden kicked in. It, obviously, you don't really believe it until you until you achieve it, really. And I mean, once we'd achieved it, like the. The, the relief and everything and and everyone celebrating it's just it's just the scenes were fantastic to be around and I mean obviously at Craven Cottage and and the way that we'd done it was it, it was just unbelievable and you could you could tell the fans were on the pitch celebrating with us it, it was just what the club deserved and that that obviously that was your first ever promotion in your yeah always when when you're scoring when you're scoring goals and and you and you're you're getting three points for the team it's that's what it means. It means that the team's doing well and we're all moving in the right direction. Um, but it's uh, but he was brilliant. He was literally, he was so, so good. I could talk about him all day, every day. He, he, he just the way he was and the way he come across. And that, that season when Graham first came back, that would, that would be the start of two consecutive promotions for Watford. And during that first season, we went from uh, what, what's now League One up to the Championship. You made 25 appearances for the club. And But, but when did you first realise that promotion was a realistic opportunity for the club that season? You could see towards the end of the season, we were starting to we, we were starting to grind out results, even though teams were not expecting us to. We we just had a great team spirit, and we we were getting ourselves over the line just because of our determination and our spirit. So you knew you had we had an inkling of like, lads, this is on. We we got a great chance of getting promoted here, and then it just all of a sudden kicked in. It, obviously, you don't really believe it until you until you achieve it, really. And I mean, once we'd achieved it, like the. The, the relief and everything and and everyone celebrating it's just it's just the scenes were fantastic to be around and I mean obviously at Craven Cottage and and the way that we'd done it was it, it was just unbelievable and you could you could tell the fans were on the pitch celebrating with us it was just what the club deserved yeah, that was your first ever promotion in your career and that came at such such a young age for you as well that that must have been a surreal experience for you especially coming through the ranks with your, with your hometown club as well. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, when when you achieve things like that, you don't expect it, and to come through the to come through the system, and then to play and to get promoted and all the other all the other um, all the other achievements that I have with the club, it's just it's special. Every like it's just special about it. And then the following season after that, obviously we went through went through the championships as well. Got got to the playoffs, but I think you missed the the Birmingham. I'm right in thinking you missed the Birmingham yeah, game, the, the, second the, the second leg. That must have been such a such a difficult. Game for you having to watch that from the ground or so in, from the stands or somewhere or somewhere else or, or somewhere else. Went, being that it went to penalties as well, it must have been sort of one where you having to watch it through your fingers. Well, exactly. I, I mean, I went up and sat in the I went up and sat in the stand at Birmingham, and I was like biting my nails because it was so intense. Because we all know what the atmosphere is like. We all know what is um, what players we're going to be up against. So. Yeah, I mean, to be in the stand, it was it was nerve wracking. But you always believed in the players. Everything that we did to get to that point, we always believed in each other. So, so it was great to have that spirit still going into it, even though you wasn't playing. Mm. And in in the build up to that playoff final at Wembley, I mean, I've, I've spoken to other other players who have achieved promotion with Watford, such as likes of Lloyd Doyley, etc. In, in that two thousand and six playoff final, they they just said they just knew they were going to win. Just the atmosphere in the build up to it, and just the atmosphere in the tunnel before, and they just knew they were going to win. Is that yeah. sort of a similar experience for you when you were sort of getting ready in the build up to that game and in the tunnel at, at, at Wembley at that time? Did you did you just know that you you were going to you were going to win that day yeah we did um, and I think we knew in the tunnel because we lined up against um, Bolton and we knew that we'd beaten them throughout the season so we knew that we'd do well against them and it was just about our, playing our game plan so doing our own game plan playing how we wanted to play and, and the result would take care of itself so so yeah we were we were quite excited when we got in the tunnel we see their players because they look nervous and um, obviously the footage from when when Watford walked out on the pitch that day is something that's still remembered. Obviously, seeing Graham Taylor walking out with such a massive smile on his face, and that must have filled you with an immense amount of pride coming out and seeing half of Wembley just full of a sea of yellow. That must have been sort of a real spine tingling moment for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's incredible. Like that moment was just extra special. To and then when you when you're with Nick Wright running around the pitch with the flag held high, it's just. It was. It was. It was just an. It was just a surreal moment and so special for everyone connected with Watford Football Club. And the performance on that day was fantastic, and and two fantastic goals from Nicky Wright and and Alan Smart. Nicky Wright obviously will, will be remembered in in history as one of the greatest ever goals to be scored in in the playoffs as well. So that must be something yeah. that really sticks out for you too. Yeah, the goals. The goals were great goals, and it was just a great team performance. That's that's what how good it was. Is that. We had a game plan and we stuck to it and, and everything on the day just worked perfectly for us. And, and where does that game and that achievement of, of winning the playoffs with Watford, where, where does that rank in terms of your career? Oh, well, right up there. So, yeah, it's right up there with the best of it. Um, you don't you don't get to achieve a lot of things like that because, obviously, when you're watching the telly, and I've had disappointments in playoff finals before, and but that one that one to go up and win it, especially at the old Wembley, I just, I just loved the old Wembley. Um, and it was, and, and after that, it got knocked down. So it was, it was even more special. What was it about that team that that made it so successful underground? Because over those two seasons, there, there wasn't an awful lot of change in the squad. That was lar- the core of the squad was largely kept together. What was yeah. it about that squad that made it so successful? 
we had a, we had a fantastic team spirit, not only on the pitch but off it. We we did everything together off the pitch as well. Um, we always went to the pub together. We always played golf together. We always had a laugh and a joke together, and it was it was it was just a great connection. Uh, and that's what Graham wanted. Graham wanted the family. He wanted the family feeling at the club, and even the wives. Uh, he always involved the wives, which was which was fantastic because you knew that they weren't getting left out and. Um, it was it was just so special them two years when when everything clicked together and again like like you say in football you don't get that very often now you don't get a group of players that are so special. Are you still in touch with much of the squad? And I, I bet the uh, I bet the post match celebrations weren't too bad after that after that final at Wembley either. No, exactly. We had a, we had a good. Well, I I didn't get to celebrate because I had to go to um, the England under twenty one. Oh, so course, I had to shoot yeah. off. So I had to shoot off to that, but. Um, but it was good. It was. I mean, it was a fantastic achievement. And no, we still speak to each other. Obviously, we had the twenty-year reunion not so long ago, mm. so it was. It was great to see the likes of people like Darren Baisley, who's he lives in New Zealand now. So it was just Chris Day as well. Just to see all the old faces again was so nice to see everyone. And Gifton Noel Williams was top scorer for us that that season when we got promoted. Just how good was he in those early years? And and how much of a, of a shame is it for you that he never really got to realise his true potential after that because his career ended quite soon due to, due to injury. Yeah, Gifton was so unlucky with injuries, and um, I mean I grew up with him through the youth team, um, played with him in the first team, so it was it was so nice that we all got the chance to stick together and play in the same team. But he was gifted, had so much potential, but he was just so unlucky with injuries, and that just that just hindered it for him, and and stopped his stopped his pathway really to go into the top. And you would have also seen someone like Tommy Smith coming through as well. We all know what he achieved with Watford. Just how much of a special talent was he when he first started to to come through? Yeah, Tommy was good. Tommy was really good. He was an exciting young player who not only could play out front but could play on the wing, and used to give him the ball. In he used to beat players for fun. So. Again, we, Watford was always producing back then that we were, we were producing like exciting young players, and it was great every time, every year. But there was always someone, someone different coming through the ranks. That season, we went, we got promoted to to the Premiership. How, how did you find the transition from obviously going from playing in in the second division to to the first division? Yeah, it was like, like you say, you're playing against world class players. I mean. Every level is always difficult with which with each with each team that you play. There's always a different situation that you have to deal with. But it was a, it was great learning. It was a fantastic experience. Um, especially you got the opportunity to play against players like Cristiano Ronaldo, and that is just extra special. So you have to love every minute of that when you play against them players. Why why didn't it work out for us in, in the top flight? Then was it, it wasn't successful. We went back down. Obviously, we had the odd odd memorable game up there, but. What, why do you think it didn't quite work out for us that season? I think it just teams. The teams were a lot more better. The, the, obviously, the quality was 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 a lot more harder to play against week in week out. And when you're losing games, it's always difficult to get into a run where you, you can feel that consistency coming on. I mean, I know that we won games every now and then, but we just couldn't go on a run where we won three or four on the bounce just to give us that little bit more of a lift. And obviously, the year after that, obviously we we back in back in the championship, and towards the end of that season, Graham Graham would leave. So was that was that did that come as a, as a surprise to the to the players? Yeah, I think it took a little bit of a uh, little bit of surprise to everyone that, that Graham was going to leave, and and it was difficult because he because he brought together such a special group and. And he probably felt that it was the right time to leave and, and he wasn't going to get the back in as much as he would have liked. So, 
I mean, it, Graham, in Graham's eyes, he'd, he'd have left on a high, which which was a good in his note. But obviously, mm. for us players, we just love working with him. Would you say it almost felt like an end of an era then? Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. As soon as Graham left, it's well, you could see you could see the collapse in the in the squad. We the club nearly went into administration, mm. so you could tell straight away that there was going to be problems as soon as Graham left. Yeah, you mentioned there about the club going close to administration. That, that would have been under Ray Lewington. Um, obviously, that must have been testing times behind the scenes, but I've spoken to other players and they said, although that was a difficult period with players having to take wage cuts, etc., although that was that was a really difficult period, it, it almost brought the squad even closer together in such an adverse period. Yeah, well, we, that was. I mean, we always had players that would always bring ourselves together. That was that was the best bit about the group is that even though we went through some difficult times, we always stuck together. We never give up. We never threw the towel in, and and that's what that group was all about. So, so yeah, I mean, when when it, when you lose players as well that that are that special towards everyone, then it's very difficult to replace them. What was Ray Lewington like as a coach? And obviously, we had, we had a, a strong season that year, mid table season, uh, mid table in in the championship then, but had a fantastic run to the FA Cup semi finals with some memorable victories over over Sunderland and, and Burnley thrown in as well. Yeah, no, Ray Ray was Ray was a real good leader. He was um he was a bubbly coach who, who on the on the training pitch was attention to detail as well was was first class and everyone loved being with him just because he was a just because he was a bubbly character. Um, but like you say, we went on a great cup run, but it was just a shame that we couldn't do it in the league. We sort of struggled in the league and and sort of got all of our inspiration from playing against the big teams and doing really well. That would obviously be your last full season with Watford because you, you, would, you would depart the, not too long after that, obviously this, this, towards the start of the following season. Did, when did you, you realise there was, there was a move in, in the offing for you to leave the club? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know there was a move. Um, it was put upon me. Me and my family, we'd literally just moved house. We'd been in our new house for three months We'd had our newborn child, our first child, and um, we got the phone call on the Sunday night to say you've been sold. Mm. So I had no, I had no option, and it was sad because I didn't want to go. I wanted it to be on my terms, and I wanted it to be right for the club. And then obviously, the club said that we was in financial difficulties, so we've accepted a bid. Um, and I just said, well, how much? And they wouldn't tell me how much the bid was, and I, I, I just had to leave. The, the club just said, look, you've got to leave. You've mm. got permission to go and talk to West Brom. So. They, they're, they're expecting you tomorrow morning to go up and, and have a medical with them. So, yeah, it was sad. It was quite sad the way it was done. Recently, it just shows how much Watford holds you in high regard, being, being the fact that you were inducted into the club's Hall of Fame recently. Uh, just a small number of players that have done that. So that, that must be something that you take great pride in. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable feeling. And, and the fact that the club invited all the family just sums up what, what it's all about is... Graham Taylor instilled that in all of us is that your family comes first so for me to get that award it was a special moment for my family to be alongside me so yeah it was a fantastic night and, and it was it was a bit of a shock to um, to be awarded it but but I know I love the evening and um, I love love getting up and seeing all the fans and all the players that are there and what are your thoughts on the current Watford side? Obviously, we're speaking just a, a couple of day, a day or so after what the two-two draw with with Arsenal. We've been in the headlines recently due to the fact with uh, Javi Garcia being replaced by Kike Sanchez Flores. So, what have you what have you thoughts on the current Watford side? And, and what are your thoughts on that decision to replace Javi with, with Kike? Yeah, obviously, I was a bit disappointed with the, the treatment of um, 
of Garcia because he, he's only in four games into the season. But mm. it looks to me the players were obviously causing a few problems behind the scenes and, and they wasn't happy with certain things. And, and the club have made a decision to get the old manager back, which again surprises me because if you get rid of a manager and you sack him because he's not very good, then you get someone back. I don't, I don't quite understand that. I thought they'd have gone for someone fresh, someone different. Um, we might have a new outlook and I, I was hoping that one day Watford just might go back to an English manager and give mm. them the chance um, but no looking looking on the on the squad is I mean what a squad you've got Watford have got a fantastic squad and it's and it's making the players gel I know that 45 minutes yesterday they gelled but it might take a little bit, little bit longer now for Kike to get his points across and to get the team playing how he wants them to play but you, you're just hoping that it clicks in time just Three quick-fire questions to, to round things off. If you could pick out your favourite goal for Watford, what one would it be? Or oh, it'd have to be the one against Charlton, my right-footed pink. And if I said to you, who was the funniest in the dressing room during your time at the club, who would that be? Definitely Derek Payne. Yeah? Yeah. What made him so funny? He was just in case. <laughs> he was just brilliant. He was brilliant. And lastly... Who was the best player that you played with during your time at Watford? Oh, let me. Um, well, I'd have to say Peter Kennedy. Uh, Pete was obviously my left wing partner at the time, so uh, I had some great times playing up and down the left with Pete, and uh, we had a real good combination. So yeah, I'd say Peter Kennedy. So that was my podcast with Paul Robinson. It's great to hear that his coaching career is going so well maybe we might see him back at Watford at some time in the future you never know uh, and it's clear to see how much affection that he has for Watford as well and how much it means to him to be inducted into Watford's Hall of Fame um, if you have enjoyed this podcast please do like share and subscribe you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes and Acast uh, and we're on social media as well on Twitter you can find us at Vicarage Road Pod you can follow me on Twitter as well by searching at Bradley Hayden at 11 and if you want to get in touch or you want to email me uh, and you, any suggestions for any future players uh, that you, or ma- managers that you'd like to see on the podcast, feel free to send me a tweet on either at Vicarage Road Pod or at Bradley Hayden 11 or you can email me on a trip down Vicarage Road at gmail.com. If you're new to the podcast or you're, you're not up to date with things so far, just a reminder that we've recorded podcasts of Richard Lee, Kevin Phillips, uh, Tommy Smith, Lloyd Doyley, Marvin Sordell, Micah Hyde and Gavin Mahon so far. Uh, please do give them a listen if you're, if you're interested in any of those. Uh, but thanks again for tuning in and we'll be back with a new episode with a Watford legend very soon.